Welcome to the Women Winning at Weight Loss podcast. Have you found yourself trapped on the weight loss journey, losing and regaining the same 20 pounds? Are you tired of starving yourself, eating less calories than your toddler, and making the gym your second home is just not an option? Then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Anna J. Fit, weight loss and mental fitness coach, and in this podcast, I'll teach you exactly what to do to lose the weight sustainably and never gain it back. Let's dive in. What's going on? What's up? What's up? What's up? My beautiful listeners, welcome to another episode of the Women Winning at Weight Loss podcast. I am Anna J. Fit, your host, your coach, your cheerleader, your support system. I am going hard for you this year, 2024. I want to see all of y'all win. If 2023, whatever happened in 2023, that's great and everything. But 2024, we're leveling up like nobody's fucking business, okay? Do you feel this energy of mine? This the energy we're going to be working with, okay? This the energy right here we're going to be working with. This is what we're going to be riding. This the wave we're going to be riding, y'all, all 2024. Do you hear me? Because that's how, that's how it's going to go. So I know that y'all are so happy about another episode dropping. This episode right here is going to be, we're going to be talking about your relationship with the scale. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I know that as I said that some of y'all tensed up and cringed and some one of you, you rolled your eyes, girl. I see you. You rolled your eyes. You said, what? The scale? I don't want to talk about my relationship with the scale. What relationship with the scale? I don't have a relationship with the scale. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what the fuck we need to talk about and address. I'm glad you know. So before I dive into that really quickly, y'all, this whole episode has been inspired by a real life moment. And you're like, oh my God, shut up. Everything is inspired by a real life moment. You're right. You know me well. Everything I come on here and talk about, it got something to do with something that's happening or has happened in my life, right? So you are absolutely correct. But in this particular case, listen, y'all, it's Monday and I just got done stepping on the scale on a Monday after having a really fun field and fun food field, should I say, weekend, okay? And I stepped on the scale, no anxiety, no tension, no stress, no worries, no concerns. Like I'm worth a million fucking bucks and I don't have a single problem in my life. Stepped, looked at the numbers. I said, okay, just took it in with no emotional connection whatsoever. No emotional reaction. Stepped up, stepped off the scale and went on about my fucking business. And then as I walked away and I literally, the sun is shining. It's nice and warm up in here in, uh, in Georgia. I don't know where you are. I know this is, you're probably like, shut up, bitch. It's fucking cold, freezing and snowing. Well, I'm in Georgia and the sun is shining and it's warm. But so I go in my backyard, which I love to do, right? Soak up the sun, get that vitamin D. And I sat there for a second. And I was like, wait a minute. Do you realize what just happened? Do you realize what you just did? Do you realize what a fucking moment of freedom you just experienced? You have to capture this. You have to talk about this. You got to make a reel out of this shit. So for a moment, like, and I got a little bit emotional as I, as I realized it, but if someone had told me 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that, hey, Anna, one day you're going to have amazing weekends where you travel. You're going to be able to go to Europe for two weeks and travel and drink and eat like no one's business and not gain weight. You're going to be able to have weekends where you're having a fucking blast. You're having company over. You're eating all kinds of shit. You're indulging. Um, and then, and then, and then when the weekend is over with, you're just going to go back to your normal, 
normal structured regimen and routine. You're going to get on the scale on a Monday morning and you're going to be totally cool with whatever number shows up, no matter what, because you have achieved that level of freedom on your journey. If somebody had described that and had told me that then, I would have told them to their face, you're fucking crazy. Absolutely. Motherfucker lost your mind because that would never be my reality. Why would I have told them that? Well, we're going to dive into that in just a second. But this moment was so fucking amazing that I had to capture it on camera. So I basically recreated the moment. Y'all didn't know I could act, did (laughs) y'all? If you don't follow me on Instagram, by the way, what the fuck are you waiting on? Because go find me on Instagram at Anna underscore JFIT. That's J-A-E-F-I-T. So go on Instagram, Anna underscore J-A-E-F-I-T. Yeah, because by now you should be following me, but that's okay. I, I don't I don't mind showing up every week to remind you. So go on, on Instagram and follow me there. So, and you'll see as you follow me that I literally posted a reel today because today is Monday, recapturing this moment. So I put my, my ring lights in the mirror, in the, um, in the bathroom rather, set up my phone and everything. And I was like, yeah, we're going to recapture this moment and we're going to show the world what the fuck this feels like, right? So- Recording myself stepping onto the scale and I turn around looking at the camera and I'm sticking on my tongue and I uh, put up the peace sign, got off the scale, living my best life, turn the camera off, turn that into a reel. And literally the reel is talking about the basically like how good it feels, how good it feels to be able to step on the scale. Excuse me. Be able to step on a scale on a Monday morning after you had a fun weekend filled with fun foods, not feel a guilt, not be tense, not feel stressed out, not an ounce of anxiety, no emotional reaction, got off the scale and just went on about my workday, right? And I'm, like I said, I'm just glad that I didn't just speed through this moment without at some point taking a step back and looking at it closely and saying, wow, man, I'm so grateful that I'm able to live like that now, right? And so that's what this episode is about. It's about achieving that level of freedom on your weight loss and your fitness journey. And please remember that anytime I share things with any of you, it's never with the intent of, oh my God, let me rub that in your face, girl. Let me brag because I can step on the scale after I did X, Y, Z over the weekend and I got shit to worry about. Wouldn't you love that life? That is never where I'm coming from, y'all. The reason why I'm such an open book and always share with such high level of transparency is because I want you to have me as that firsthand example of the trials and the many fucking tribulations and the number of times that I fell flat on my face and the number of times I considered suicide and was in the bed having nightmares and didn't think I was going to live a normal life again. All this, all the things I share with y'all about my, my, in, the intimate details about my life. I share them because I always want you to, to have that as like this little light bulb moment. Oh shit. If she, if she went through that, if she 10 years ago never pictured herself being able to step on the scale without having an emotional reaction, whoa, maybe there's hope for me. Maybe there's hope for me. Cause if coach Anna can live like that, after everything that she's been through that she shared with me, there is hope for me. I can also step on the scale one day and have those same experiences as her. Always remember that the reason why I am always opening up and being that that transparent person that shares every bit 
of her journey with you. It's because the only thing I'm looking for in terms of fulfillment or satisfaction is to know that you were able to walk away from something that I said, something that I shared, something that I showed you, right? That makes things a little bit more lighter for you. And that gives you hope that there's going to be, it's going to be easier. It's going to get easier. I'm going to have a brighter day, whatever the case may be for you, right? So that's the reason. So a lot of you ladies, as I started off by saying, hey, this episode, we're going to talk about the scale. You were rolling your eyes. You tried to flip me off, right? But you thought I couldn't see, huh? <laughs> yeah. You tried to flip me off. As my clients would tell y'all, I definitely have psychic uh, gifts. So I see a lot of things. I know a lot of things uh, without people telling me, right? But you had a reaction. Chances are that you had a reaction. As soon as I said, we're going to talk about your relationship with the scale today, right? And again, this is not coming from a judgmental place. It's coming from a place of personal experience. Because if 10 years ago, somebody had said to me, oh, we need to talk about your relationship with the scale, I probably would have taken the scale and hit the person upside the head, right? That is why I was at in life. So a lot of people will say, and I, and I know this because I hear it on when I have um, weight loss consultation calls, when I have new clients coming in and we talk, do their onboarding, go through their onboarding process. Um, when I have conversations in the DMs, whether it's on Instagram, it's on TikTok, it's on Facebook, right? Um, whether I see it when y'all comment back on certain things, when I do a live, I see it in the comments, when I share a post, whatever. And this topic of the scale often comes up. Coach Anna, I hate the scale. Oh, the scale is not my friend. The scale is my enemy. We don't get along. La, 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 la. And it's just, and everything I always hear is just so negative around the scale. Everything is always negative around that scale. And so then what I hear a lot of women tell me and share with me, and I can relate because I've done this too, is, well, I'm super excited to start this program with you, to hire you as my weight loss coach. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to be weighing in. I don't know what my, I don't know what my current weight is because I have put my scale up for the last, I don't know, year. I dumped the scale. I crushed it in the driveway. Um, I put it on the curb. I dump, I put it in a dumpster. Hell, I threw it in the backyard and the dog peed on it. Like whatever. Okay. Basically, the moral is you fucking got rid of your scale in one way or another, or it's like hidden in your, um, in your, in your closet or what's the word? I was going to say pantry. Please do not hide your, hide your scale in your pantry. I meant basement or attic. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and, and then y'all claim that the problem has been solved. You've been living a much better life since everything is just so much greater since you finally got rid of the scale. You finally cut the umbilical cord, basically, right, between you and the scale. And you're done. You're free. And um, I kind of want to challenge that perspective in this argument, in this episode. And I mean, if you're not going to like it, well, that's okay. It's good if I trigger you every now and then because it probably means that there's something there below the surface that you need to go back and address. Let's take a totally different example. So. You have financial goals in 2024. You want to save more money. You want to get a better handle on your spending habits, right? So you definitely want to decrease on expenses. You want to cut, cut out some of your bills. 
You got these big old dreams, which I absolutely fucking support. Go for it, sister, because I'm doing that too. Um, since last year, I've done so much better with getting ahead financially. So I love that for every, like financial empowerment for women is so fucking underrated. Like financial empowerment is everything. Okay. We get a better handle on our money. We can control our communities. We can grow businesses. We can teach our children more about financial literacy. Like there's so much shit, right? Let me not get into that, but you know what I mean? So you got these goals. You want to do better with your um, expenses. You want to save more money. You want to do, you want a better handle at how you're spending your money, right? You want to do better just all the way around when it comes to you and your coins. However, your approach is, oh, every time, every time I look at my bank accounts, I tense up and I, I get super anxious. Like I get a hot flashes and my heart starts racing. And then my Apple watch is like, bitch, what's wrong with your heart rate? Cause it goes, it's, it goes like so high and I start getting headaches. Then I lose my appetite or some of y'all is, and then I get a headache and then I get stressed the fuck out and anxiety is at an all time high. Then I go in the pantry. I eat a whole bag of chips, right? And so the solution then becomes we're going to play the avoidance game. Well, I really want to grow my money. I really want to make sure that I'm spending better. I really want to make sure that I am learning more sustainable habits around spending, right? I want to grow my money. I want to start respecting my money. I want to love my money better, right? Um, and all those things that go with just having a better and healthier relationship with your finances so that you can crush your financial goals in 2024. But then you say that on the surface, but below the surface, your behaviors are avoidance. All right. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? I have a feeling that you're scratching your head and you're like, God damn. I, she is onto something and I don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I'm about to do you a favor. So let's go back, shift back from that example to your weight loss journey. So you're like, okay, 2024, I'm going to lose these 20 pounds. I'm, I'm really going to just take like self-love, self-care, self-respect to the next level. I really want to treat myself a whole, my body better. I want uh, my health back in check, yada, 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 all your goals. And then when it comes to establishing your where you currently are on your weight loss journey, because you need to know what your baseline is. You need to know what your starting point is. And then you also need to, to be able to track progress. You say, oh no, but the scale gives me anxiety. Um, the scale not, we don't get along. So I just put my scale up so that I can have peace of mind. Every time I hear that shit, like it honestly makes me cringe because the reality is that you're not solving any of your problems by saying, I'm just going to go hide or throw away the scale. The scale has an absolute purpose in everybody's life and everyone's journey. The problem is not the scale, baby. The problem is your attachment to particular numbers. So let's go back to your financial empowerment example. You want to save $5,000, okay? You've given yourself six months, the first six months of 2024, to do better with your money and save $5,000. Wonderful. I love that for you. Month two, you've been avoiding checking your accounts and stuff like that. You have no idea if anything that you've been doing is actually working. You have no way of tracking. 
whether you've been saving more, whether your financial um, habits have gotten better or not, because you're refusing to check any of your bank statements. Okay. You're playing the avoidance game, right? And the root problem here is not that you can't save money. The root problem here is not that you're afraid per se of money or of being able to save money or of able to, being able to grow your money. The root cause here is that you cannot detach your emotions from what's happening. So you log into your bank account. You can't just take a couple of deep breaths and say, you know, no matter what number I see, no matter what number I see pop off, pop off today. It's fine because I'm in control. I'm moving in the right directions. I'm making the right choices. I'm being intentional with my money. The fact that I am now becoming accustomed to checking my money every blah, blah, blah days is also a really great sign of me moving in the right direction. I'm no longer playing the avoidance game. I'm really doing all of the right things by me and by my money, right? So this is like an example of like a really healthy conversation that a person could have when they're working on healing their money issues and going and being an active participant in rewiring their brain and fixing and healing their relationship with money. So on the flip side with the scale, it's you don't get better at this. You don't heal your relationship with the scale by avoiding it. You get better and you heal by finding balance and practicing the self-dialogue, the internal dialogue, right? And changing your beliefs rooted around you, your weight, and the scale. That is what makes a real difference long-term. The reason why I'm really touching on this and why I really want you to understand that is because you are going to go back to the doctor. Whether it's in 90 days, in six months, in six years, you will go back to the doctor. And what I have found and what I've been running into quite a lot over the last decade of helping and coaching and empowering women on their weight loss and their fitness journey is women that say, I didn't realize how bad it had gotten because I had broken up with my scale five years ago. Let that fucking sink in, y'all. You need to have some tracking tools or wonderful tools as long as you only utilize them for tracking and you detach your emotional connection from the tracking device, the tracking tool, and the numbers. Let me give you another example. So let's say that you're, and this is a personal uh, story and example as well. And some of y'all can very much relate to this, but let's say that you, your blood pressure has been high, uh, like, I don't know, the last two doctor's appointments, because according to the American Heart Association, if your heart, if your blood pressure has been high, uh, for two appointments, right? Two consecutive appointments, that's enough for a doctor to diagnose you with high blood pressure. Don't fight me on this. That's what the American Heart Association has decided. And that is the, um, the standard that most physicians in America actually follow. Do I agree with it? Honestly, I don't. But that's for another day. I'm not a, I'm not a physician, so it's not my place anyways. But so now you got diagnosed with high blood pressure. The doctor's like, okay, we're going to put you on meds. You're like fucking pissed. You're like, oh my God, I never thought that at my age, because for me, it hit me at like, I don't know, late 20s or something like that. Um, and yeah, and so now you're like really nervous. 
So the doctor tells you, hey, I think that, you know, obviously you're really serious about reversing your high blood pressure. The good news is that this has not been a long existing, um, long term existing problem, health problem that you've been dealing with. There is hope for you. We can revert, you can reverse this, make some lifestyle changes, stop smoking, uh, reduce your alcohol consumption, um, reduce the amount of times that you're eating out because it's high in sodium, cut back on the salt overall, uh, start substituting your salt with Mrs. Dash. You know, like there's all sorts of things that you can do, right? Um, start walking more or running more, something like that. Get a little bit more cardio in. That's really going to help your heart health. And you're going to reverse your blood pressure, drop a couple of pounds. You say, yeah, 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 I'm down with all of that. So you don't have to see a doctor for another year after you done found this out. So now, oh, the doctor, by the way, also recommended that you get a blood pressure cuff, which is really cheap. Go get order one off Amazon or get one, get one from CVS so that you can track your progress and making sure that you stay on top of your health, right? I don't see nothing wrong with that advice. I think that's great advice because you need to have a tracking tool. You need to have a tracking device. Boom. Same thing as the fucking scale, by the way. So you buy a blood pressure cuff, but you're too scared to check your blood pressure. So the blood pressure cuff actually never, never gets used. You never take it out the box. It sits under the sink in your bathroom and you play the avoidance game. So you're just like hoping and praying that your blood pressure is, is, you know, like best case, best case scenario. You're like, it's, it's gone down. Worst case scenario, it stayed the same. Right. But as long as it hasn't gotten worse, like, thank you, baby Jesus. And you're like going to going to bed at night, praying to God, God, please be on my side, restore my health. Please make sure that my blood pressure is under control. But you still refuse to take certain actions that are involved in tracking and making sure that you actually know whether or not it's getting better. Are the changes, let's say that you are making changes because we're going to, we're going to, we're going to assume that everybody that listens to this podcast very much values taking action and making changes in our life, right? Otherwise, I think that you would not be here. So you're definitely on this journey of self-development and self-improvement in your weight loss, health, wellness area. So I would assume that you want your blood pressure to be improving month to month, right? But you're continuing to play the avoidance game because you are emotionally attached to the readings that you're about to see when it comes to your blood pressure. You're like, if it's not, if it's anything above, you know, if it's anything above like 120 over 70, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. That's your attitude. That's how you've programmed your brain. This is how you're, you're operating, right? On this entire wellness journey. I better fucking see 120 over 70. If I don't, I'm going to lose it. So what happens? Well, you continue to avoid and avoid and avoid, avoid checking your blood pressure at all. You have made a couple of changes, such as you're eating a little bit less fast food, which is great. Good job, girl. Less sodium, less saturated fat. Um, you also have kind of decreased your liquor consumption. You've still been drinking beer and wine, but you're drinking less cocktails, which is great too. Your liver thanks you for that, right? And you've been walking a little bit more. However, you are doing all of this and you're continuing to just make the assumptions that something is improving in your body, but you do not have the fucking proof. You don't have, you, God gave you, like, let's be real. God provided us 
right? In West, in Western med- medicine, we have all these tools to track whether we are improving. And all this serves all the only, the only purpose of these tracking tools is literally, am I making choices that are helping me? And then the machine tells you, yes, honey. Yes, you're making the make the choices that you've been making. They're serving you. They're helping you clearly because two months ago, your blood pressure was this. And today your blood pressure is that wonderful. Pat yourself on the back. And now you know that you need to continue sticking with what you've been doing. There is no emotions involved. It's simply giving you the data so that you can continue to live your life in a way that's going to continue to help you improve and reach the goals that you're looking to reach. On the flip side, it could be, it could very well be that you continue to play the avoidance game with the blood pressure cuff for the next year. And you try to convince yourself that the walking, the walks that you've added, the little bit of of sodium reduction, the little bit of fast food uh, reduction, the little bit of liquor reduction in your diet, in your regimen, that that's been enough for you to see a drastic change in your blood pressure pills. I mean, blood blood pressure next year at your next follow-up and that the doctor is going to say, okay, you don't need medications. You're fine. We're going to take this diagnosis um, off of your medical chart. It could be because I've seen this a number of times, by the way, including in my own medical health history, that you are being fooled into believing that those changes are enough for you to reverse this diagnosis. So now you spend another year of fucking precious ass year of your life doing things that you think are leading to the results that you're looking for, but because you're not tracking in between, you don't have the feedback that you need to change your course of action. You don't have the data that you that you desperately fucking need to have in order to say, hey, cutting back from eating McDonald's seven days a week down to five is clearly not enough because my blood pressure is still high. Let me see if I can cut it back down to four days, if that'll make a difference. Hey, cutting back from drinking five margaritas per week down to two is not enough. My blood pressure is still high. Let me see what else I can do. Maybe now is a good time for me to say, I'm just going to go sober for the next six months and see if that works. But you don't have the feedback that you need to be able to say, I'm moving in the right direction. You don't have the numbers. You don't have the data. The problem is not the blood pressure cuff. The problem is not your doctor. The problem is that you attach emotions to particular data, to particular numbers. When in fact, there's no room for emotions. I just fucking want to know what is this blood pressure telling me? That's it. So that I can make the necessary adjustments. I talked to someone recently, to a woman recently. Who had, who had avoided getting her physicals done. She avoided checking her glucose levels. She avoided getting her A1C checked every 90 days, even though she knew that she was in a pre-diabetic range. She made a ton of changes and she convinced herself that those changes were enough for her to no longer be pre-diabetic. She avoided physicals. She avoided going to the doctor. She avoided everything. She did not want to track. She didn't want to have shit to do with the numbers. She didn't want to see the data. Because she was still afraid. She kept talking about how much anxiety it gave her to find out that she was pre-diabetic. Boom, been there, done that. Horrible. I can totally sympathize. Because being diagnosed as pre-diabetic is is, is so fucking scary. Especially for me, coming from a whole family of um a family of 
diabetics and, and seeing how many of them lost their life or their quality of life significantly declined as a result of complications related to their diabetes, right? So it's really scary. So fast forward, you know, years later, she finds out that she's full-blown diabetic. Not because she went for a checkup, but because she ended up in the hospital because her sugar was so fucking high. She almost died. Tracking tools are simply designed to help us gather data. And with the data, we can make informed and intentional choices and decisions. Because I mean, and I'm saying this because you have free will. You can, you can step on a scale and see that the scale says 300 when you expected it to say, I don't know, 270 or something. Like maybe the heaviest that you've ever seen or ever been was 270, right? And you lost some weight and then you kind of feel in your clothes, you feel like mm, you might have been gaining weight again, but you're avoiding, avoiding, avoiding the scale, avoiding it, avoiding it, avoiding it. You're just looking the other way. You're pretending that this problem ain't real, whatever. You don't want to see it because you don't want to have a heart attack, anxiety, and everything else. So you're just assuming in your head that you regained the weight that you had once lost. So now you're back. You think, hey, worst case scenario, I'm probably back at 270, which is the heaviest that I was. I'm not happy about it. But hey, at least I'm not 300. Hey, years go by. You go for a checkup. You step on the scale you're over 300. You have officially reached the heaviest point in your fucking life. Why? Because you played the avoidance game for X amount of time. Because it, it chances are that if you had stepped on the scale and you had seen that you were surpassing 270, that would have been such a reality check for you. That data would have slapped you in the face. You would have said, that's it. What I will not allow in my life is to go above my all-time heaviest. So now I've got to make a change. And then you start making changes and then you step back on the scale every week, every two weeks, maybe once a month, right? Because quick caveat here, the problem, the problem with the scale, aside from the fact that I believe that women are attaching or having an emotional attachment to numbers and then they have emotional reactions that they're not in control of, I think that that's the main root cause problem between women and the scale and why they have such a shitty relationship with the scale or try not to have one. But the other problem is not understanding that the tracking tool, such as the scale, is not designed to make you feel depressed. It's not designed to give you anxiety. The only thing that it's designed to do is to let you know where you stand. Like the same way that you're going to college you're absorbing all this knowledge. You're going to the seminars. You don't miss a class. You're always there. You listen to your professors. You take notes and everything. How do the professors measure and gather data to make sure that you are absorbing the knowledge, to make sure that you are progressing here, to make sure that you're, you're, you're learning it in a way that you can use it, right? To your advantage in the career that, that, that you're going to be working in. How do they do that? You know how they gather, they gather their data to make sure that you are progressing, that you're understanding the principles that they're teaching you, that you are actually absorbing the information in the best way possible. They give you regular quizzes. And there's a test every now and then. And there's an exam every now and then. Because we need to have the data. 
And even for us as the students, it is so important to be able to go through a quiz, to go through an exam, to go through something, right, where our knowledge is being tested. And then we see the data and then we know, oh, um, studying the way that I have with flashcards works really well for me. Spending 10 hours on the weekend doing XYZ works. How do I know that it's working? I know because I'm looking at my exam and and I got an A plus on my exam. So I know that what I've been doing in these last three months is actually working in my favor, right? So even an exam, a quiz, it's the purpose, the, the, the purpose there is simply let's gather some data to make sure that you're moving in the right direction. And then when you get data that shows you that you're not moving in the right direction, it's simply a learning opportunity. It's a blessing in the skies, letting you know, hey, boo-boo, there's a little, like, it's like a little red flag popping up and letting you know, hey, you got plenty of time to, to make different choices. You have plenty of time to do something differently here. But let me just let you know that, hey, you got to see on this test. So the way that you've been studying, the things that you have been doing, they're not working for you to get an A because your goal was to get an A. You didn't want no C, right? Is it okay to have a moment maybe of disappointment? Sure. Is it okay to have a moment of frustration because you thought you were on the right path and doing the right things? Absolutely. But that should just be a moment where you pick yourself right back up, you dust your your feet off and you say, hey, I'm so glad that I was able to get this feedback on my performance. I'm so glad that I was able to get this data because now since I have free will, I can also make a more intentional choice decision, uh, change the course of action, change some of my, 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 my path, the direction that I'm going and how I'm going in that direction by doing X, Y, Z. Avoiding the scale is not the solution. Avoiding looking at your bank accounts does not serve you when you're trying to heal your relationship with money and you're trying to grow your savings account in 2024 and make sure that you're developing healthier spending habits. Avoiding looking at your bank accounts, avoiding looking at your debt, avoiding looking at each transaction on your, on your bank statements to make sure that you are maximizing, um, your money and your utilization of your money. Avoiding it is not the solution. That does not help you because you could be utilizing the data and the feedback by checking your accounts regularly, but you choose not to because you want to avoid because you are attaching emotions to it and you don't want to address your emotions. It's your emotions that are the issue and how you're not controlling them, not what the bank account in particular tells you. Throwing the scale in the dumpster, honestly, let's be real, that doesn't solve your problem with your weight. Now, does it? Avoiding stepping on the scale for the next three years just because you have a bad relationship with your scale is absolutely not a solution and does not play in your favor whatsoever. You are missing on a tracking tool and that's all it is. It's just supposed to be tracking and it's just supposed to give you some data every now and then that you can utilize to better to better succeed on your own journey and to get to your goals even faster. And in the most effective ways, right? It's just like the measuring tape when you take measurements of your body parts because you're trying to see, hey, have I been shrinking? Have I been losing inches of fat or not? It's not about using those numbers to judge yourself. 
or make yourself feel like a piece of shit or that you should go in the backyard and burn the measure, the tape measure. Absolutely not. That's not solving any of your problems on the weight loss journey by digging a hole and throwing the tape measure, the scale and anything else in there. That ain't it. That's not it. The way that we solve our problems is we go fix them at their root and to throw away a scale or go hide it in the the attic. That is surface level shit that makes you think you got a better handle on your journey when in fact you don't. Someone who has a good handle on their weight loss journey is someone who can step on the scale, look at the number and say, that's not the number I was looking for, but at least now I know that I need to make a change. They step off the scale and they continue living their life, making changes without abusing themselves emotionally. That is a person who has a healthy handle on their journey and they have a healthy relationship with the tracking tool. And in this particular case, it's the scale. So all of this ties into the example I gave you about me realizing what it's like to experience true freedom on my weight loss and fitness journey. True freedom is I don't have to hide the scale. True freedom is I don't have to hide myself from a scale. True freedom is I can step on the scale and no matter what I see, I'm going to be fucking fine because I'm going to use those numbers to dictate what it is that I do next. I hope that this episode makes a difference in your life. Actually, I'm so glad and so grateful that I had this experience, that I had this moment today, that I was able to create content out of it on Instagram, and that I was able to come here and share my voice with you um, to take you through this. I really hope that this episode helps you change your perspective on maybe your finances, right? Or how you're going about growing your money, but then also how you're going about utilizing the tools that God has put in our life. If if you want to be for real about it, right? We have access to all of these tools and it's in our best interest to utilize them in a way that actually empowers us. Not step in on the scale just because you, you want to go and like bash yourself and make yourself feel like shit and guilty and then go in emotionally eat. But using the tools just to look at them for what it is that they are fundamentally. They're tracking tools. They're supposed to give us data so that we can make choices and decisions in an informed way and in an intentional way so that we can get better results and see better numbers moving forward. That's all that is about, nothing else. Please come say hey on Instagram, tag me, share this episode, tag me in your stories, send me a message and let me know that this episode made a difference in your life. And like I tell women all the time, It's a matter of social responsibility. When we find something that makes a difference in our life for better, when we find someone who's speaking life into us, when we find tools and resources that are improving our lives, right? It's our responsibility as human beings to share that with the world, to spread the message with our coworkers, with our church members, right? With our neighbors, with the HOA people. I don't know, whoever around you, it's your responsibility to share this podcast so that other women out here can have access to what it is that I'm sharing with you. So that is it. That's all I've got for you. Um, Continue to go out there and keep a smile on your face, spread love and positivity to those around you. And above all, remember that you deserve to live in the body of your dreams. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Women Winning at Weight Loss podcast. If you found today's episode valuable, make sure to share it with other women in your life and head over to Facebook to join the Women Winning at Weight Loss community. 
We'll see you there.